Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. A little bonus edition as we wrap up uh, mandatory minicamp. The next stop for the Browns will be in Greenbrier, West Virginia, when they meet for eight days before they head off back to uh, come back home for Canton and the Pro Football Hall of Fame game. So uh, looking forward to talking about all that. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. So, Daryl, what are the events that happened on day three of the mandatory minicamp where it seemed like everyone was kind of looking at their watches to get out of town? (laughs) <laughs> Everyone, I think, was looking at their watches to get out of town. Uh, getaway day, school's out for summer. Uh, nice of the Browns to hold a little barbecue for players, coaches, staff, uh, their families, as well as some Browns alumni. Uh, Maybe you get in there or no? No, we, uh, you know, we we had work to do. Uh, we did not uh, get the uh, the VIP invite, but um, yeah, I mean, it was a short one hour, five minute practice. Bernie came in, broke them down to end it. You matter, go Browns and see y'all in West Virginia in six weeks. Did Bernie speak to the team? Is that what you're saying? Or no? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell, but I, I do know he did the, the, uh, the, the breakdown, you know, they do the one, two, three, whatever. Oh, that's cool. It was one, two, three, you matter, go Browns. And that's uh, what they ended up doing. So that's how I knew Bernie did it because that's it. Yeah. You, know, you matter. Fit is the, is the you as in, uh, a little homage to his uh, Miami hurricane roots. Uh, but, you know, he de- he uses the you matter on social media. So when I heard one, two, three, you matter, go Browns, I knew Bernie was in the middle of it. <laughs> did everybody say you matter or just Bernie? Yeah, they, yeah the whole team oh, did. did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was great. That's cool. All right. So, Daryl, what was said today? I know a lot of the positional coaches spoke. Uh, uh, not a lot of media play on that stuff, but uh, just what was said today? I'd probably say the my biggest takeaway from all the time with the assistant coaches was the assistant and offensive line coach, Scott Peters, talking about Dewan Jones. <laughs> what he basically said it was a rude awakening for uh, Dewan when he got to Berea for rookie minicamp, and he really struggled that weekend. Um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, um, that was. You'll leave it at that. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. But uh, basically, he said hopefully he'll come back in better shape for training camp. Well, he's got a couple of weeks to do it. What are the biggest takeaways then from uh, this three-day little uh, extravaganza in Berea? Well, my uh, MVP, co-MVPs, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Elijah Moore, buying tons of stock on those two guys. I mean, they just seemed to catch everything and anything that was thrown at them. So um, uh, another thing that I I, I saw happen uh, and – I made note of it in my uh, my brownie bites was David Njoku missed a touchdown catch uh, late in practice. And so when that particular drill was over, Deshaun Watson walked up to him and they they had about a five minute conversation. And it I don't I have no idea what they talked about. Um, it wasn't confrontational at all. Don't get me wrong. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Watson seemed to be like going through different catch radiuses and things like that with Najoku. Just basically, I think that they were just kind of working out, hey, you know, what needs to be done so that the next time that throw gets made, it, it's a, a touchdown and not an incompletion. And I just think that that speaks to a couple of things. Uh, most importantly, though, Watson's command of the team, that he has really you know, taking the, the the leadership upon himself to make sure things are right on the offensive side of the ball. And it should be like, it's not that big of a deal, but it's just something that I happened to notice. Um, was it a drop catch or was it a bad timing route or what was it? What, why did I it think it, I, I think it's a catch that David could, could make. That's, okay. that's what I'll say. Hmm. Um, so when you look at Watson today compared to even end of the season last year what what do you see that looks different because uh there were players that saying that he just has a different feel yeah i mean he seems like he's more confident um you you certainly notice the leadership on the field um but like the accuracy stands out to me uh when i when i watch him and what Appears to be novel to me because, again, just not used to seeing competent quarterbacks here for 25 years, Um, at least on a consistent basis. Like, I think that that's what stands out with Deshaun is that he's getting it back. He's getting the swagger back. He's getting uh, his muscle memory back. Now, I to me, the thing that he has to get back is the the on the field clock in games like that's the only that's my only question with him is does he have the internal clock back um and if he does have that back andy this is going to be a dangerous and fun offense uh this upcoming season but that that's really the only question i mean because he looks great in the helmet the shorts and the jersey he has looked phenomenal but there have been a lot of Browns quarterbacks over the years that have had their stretches of looking phenomenal in the offseason. Then the regular season comes and they don't look good. So I, I just, it feels like positive steps have been uh, achieved, not taken, but achieved. Because like three weeks ago, he, he struggled connecting with receivers down the field. And now, you know, he's connecting with them on a regular basis. And I just, I haven't seen that dynamic of a shift in the same offseason uh before so kudos to Deshaun uh kudos to the receivers because now they they look like that they've you know played together for a long time I I think it's interesting you talk about his timing and I know we touched on it for a second but it's synchronicity right and I don't think you're gonna have your true synchronicity until you hit camp when you hit the with the five other guys who are in front of you on the offensive line six if you want to throw a tight end down there and then you've got guys defensively who are playing at a hundred percent, right? That like he, that's what he needs. That's what's got to happen here during camp to get him up to speed. Right. That's what we're all kind of hoping and and wishing that it's going to work that way. Yeah. And I think that's why the other day when he was asked Andy about um, the rust, he just basically said, Hey, ask me after the Cincinnati game in week one, you know, in September. Um, and I thought that that was a very candid, honest answer. Um, it looks dynamically different 
now than it did a year ago. Like that's not an exaggeration. That's not hype. That's not, uh, you know, blowing things out of proportion. Like he looks like a different player than the one we saw a year ago at this time. Uh, which I'm sure he was affected by all the stuff going on uh, off the field concerning his uh, legal problems, as well as whether or not he was even going to be allowed to play. So he doesn't have that really hanging over his shoulders. I know there's two cases still pending, but like he's playing week one, like there there's, there's no ambiguity here. Um, And also, and it was refreshing. Like we got to spend the couple of times that we've talked to him this off season talking about football. And whereas like last year, all our media sessions had nothing to do with football with. Right. So um, yeah, I, I think that he's getting it back, whatever, however you want to define it, however you want to describe it. um, I just feel like he's getting it back and hopefully that does translate um, during the regular season when, you know, uh, it, it, games matter and, and that, you know, hopefully these throws that we're seeing him make in helmets, jerseys, and shorts are made during the regular season. You know, when you had a chance to watch the offense, I mean, it's not like you're going to run the ball with Nick Chubb, right? I mean, running backs don't really have a chance to stand out when you're out there in t-shirts and shorts, right? Yeah. Same thing with the lines. Like there's, yeah. You know, there's 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 not a lot to glean from that. I mean, Chubb looks like Nick Chubb has always looked right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the uh, the, the defensive <laughs> line as they you know went through that they look good going through their drills. You know, the coaches are on them. You know, the assistant coaches are on them on a daily basis when they go through the drills and stuff like that. It's just it's really hard to get a read on the lines, but when you're like look at the offensive line. I think we know what we're getting right. Uh, right. You know, with that starting five, we, we know what to expect from those five guys. Now the, the reserves, that's a bit of a question uh, and who's ultimately going to end up with those jobs. But yeah, I just kind of feel like we know what we're getting on both sides of the ball in the trenches. And it's just, we just need to see it in, in action. You know what I'm saying? Um, let's talk about the defense for a second, just because I, I mean, I, I I, I don't expect the defense to look good in these situations. There was a play uh, somebody put out on Twitter where Denzel got twisted and then ended up giving up a big catch. But I mean, I, I mean, maybe that's something you can do that maybe looks and shows. I, I don't know. I don't, I just don't see it. Like, again, I don't expect the defense to to win any battles when there's no pads on. And if somebody gets hurt, cause somebody on defense hit them, the guy on defense is never going to hear the end of it. So it's not worth it for him. That was seven, seven on sevens built for the offense. That's, yes, always is. Yeah, and and that was Kevin Stefanski's point when I asked him the other day, like, yeah. have you ever seen a quarterback look that good in a seven on seven throw where he's nine of ten throwing touchdowns from the ten yard line? Kevin just looked at me like, uh, "Hey, uh, hey, dumbass, that's kind of how it's supposed to go." <laughs> it's the way it's supposed to be. Well, we're not used to it though. And then I, mean, I, I don't blame say, you for asking that question. Right, and then I want to say, yeah, that. well, hey, coach, uh, yeah, we haven't seen that before. Here, <laughs> so that that thing after the one nine yard line, of the, nine, stripe, in, yeah, in years past, nine of the, those ten footballs are on the ground. Okay, so that that's why I'm asking the question. <laughs> He's like, uh, maybe you should expect them to score. Um, give me any other takeaways, especially from the coaching perspective, and 
Jim Schwartz and what you were able to, to witness over three days with him? Uh, this defense is going to look a lot different. It's going to look a lot different. It's going to operate a lot different. Um, it's going to be a lot of onus put on the players to win their one-on-ones. And that's a good thing. This is not a situation where you're going to have guys uh, having communicating to problems. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're the Spider-Man meme defense is uh, <laughs> dead and buried. Let's hope we, so. Let's keep we our have fingers seen crossed. the last of that. Hmm. Uh, I am very confident because not once did I see over the last three weeks where because there were times last year in practice where like guys were doing it and like, oh, you're supposed to do this in this situation. You know what I mean? Like, right. We'd see it in practice. So it's like, well, we see it in practice. This is we shouldn't be surprised it's happening in game. Haven't seen any of that type of stuff. A lot of coaching up of technique um, and, and things like that. But yeah, I think we are done seeing finger pointing in the Brown secondary. And Miles Garrett talked about it this week, Andy, where he's, you know, I think we mentioned it on uh, a previous podcast where like he didn't want to throw Joe Woods under the bus. He didn't want no, to you could see criticize it. him. But like as he was explaining the differences between the two, he did just, yeah, I mean, it just not good for Joe Woods. So mm-hmm. um, my expectation for what they're going to do on that side of the ball and how they're going, uh, how much success they're going to be able to have uh, certainly raised uh you know, uh, I, I really like what I see from Juan Thornhill. It's great to see Anthony Walker back out there. Like those are your two defensive leaders, right? With all due respect to miles. Like he doesn't have the miles doesn't have to carry the, the mantle of leadership here. He doesn't have to be the guy getting on, uh, folks. Um, they, they've got other guys that ha- can handle that kind of stuff. And the way I, the way I feel about this upcoming season is it's on the players. Just go out and get it done. Um, I, I think that they have enough talent to be successful. This is not a bad football team anymore. Um, they are not a laughing stock. They are not a punchline or a punching bag. Um, I, I think this is a very good team, but it is on the players like the, the coaches can yell and scream and coach up and point things out and walk them through footwork and technique and pad level and hand placement and all those things. Right. But mm-hmm. it, it, it's on the players to just go out there and get it done. So, you know, hopefully these guys, they, they get to, to over the next six weeks, get away, take a breather, deep breath. I know I certainly am looking forward to it. Um, cause I need a break, but, um, you know, when they come back in mid July there and get ready to go to West Virginia, like the tr- training camp's going to suck. I- I'm just telling you right now, it is going to be brutal. They got to go to West Virginia for eight days. Then they come home for a couple of days and then it's the hall of fame game and hall of fame induction weekend. Then they go back into training camp. Then they got to go to Philadelphia for a week, right? Then they got to right. come home for two more weeks of training camp. Like it is just, it is going that in and of itself is going to be brutal. And then you get into the regular season where three of the first four games are against divisional opponents before the bye. Like it is going to be mentally and physically challenging for these guys. And if they're able to weather the storm uh, and, and just get to the bye week, you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, I also think it's going to go by really fast because when you have the change of scenery, it makes things go a little bit faster. But uh, it's been fun. It's been fun to talk about these last three days, Daryl. And uh, last final thought on mandatory minicamp before we uh, shut it down for a little bit here. I, I get the optimism. A lot of reason for it. Um, now the question becomes, can they do it during the regular season? Like that, that's what it all comes down to for me is they look great. Things feel great being out there, watching, listening, observing, but you know, can they, can they translate all these positive vibes, right? Right. And translate those into victories this fall. And uh, that remains the question that they, they will need to answer. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin for our producer, Meredith Kane. Thanks for joining us on a bonus edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. We're back with two new uh, episodes next week in full force, more than just one segment. So uh, we're back again next week with two full segments. Thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.